Hello, and welcome to a new segment of A Future for Art. My name is Gabby Diaz, and um, I am head of the podcast group. Essentially, we're going to be interviewing student artists within the NHS community, trying to open up some dialogue about what their projects are centered around, and hopefully give some perspective on how art intertwines with a lot of the real daily activities within our personal lives. Today's episode is about the intersection of art and politics. We recorded this just days after the election, and we're hoping to get some perspective on how such a politically charged year has kind of impacted the art community, how we see it intertwining in our personal lives, but also in our art, and what we've learned throughout this chaotic year, um, being that it's already 2020 on top of that with an election as well. Um, So we hope that we provide some... I guess, reassuring content that helps you feel comfortable in such a chaotic time. Today we're interviewing Ellie Reed, who is an amazing artist in 2D art with Miss Hoadley, and she is also an extremely vocal activist on all social media platforms, so I hope you enjoy. So, hey, Alston, thanks so much for starting the podcast with your salad shaker. Guys, <laughs> it's the most effective way to get the dressing all the way. It's like, it's like the bell, though. How else, the bell. how else do you, you just mix it? Yeah, actually, great question. <laughs> I feel like mixing it like, manually would be more... First topic, a little controversial, how do you shake your salad? <laughs> Look how well-coated it is. Imagine you can put that wow. much on there. Mm. Impressive. Fun, fun. Well, I think so you can get right <laughs> So, Alston, you were saying... Which one do you prefer? Um, like, light green lettuce or dark green? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay I that's like a light little green. bit controversial. If I'm in the mood, I really like oh, some yeah. kale. I don't like the dark green. Yeah. Oh, weird. like, Sorry, guys, I had, like, an it's amazing veggie burger with kale on it. I'm like more of an arugula girl. Ew, Gabby. <laughs> it's so gross. It gives me a headache every time I eat it. What? Yeah, arugula and goat cheese? Mm. Arugula gives you a headache? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very so picky with it. definitely likes light green. I can feel it. Yeah, I'm a light green type of guy. Yeah. <laughs> I like the ones that are like crunchy, like it's white. Yeah. You know, the ones that like the crunch. It's got that ones. like watery yeah. crunch. Yeah. <laughs> God, okay, someone so just fun. told me yesterday that celery like actually has no nutritional content. <laughs> it doesn't. And I've been eating it my whole life and like making like when it's in these I'm like, oh I'll eat the celery. Like it's so hard but I'll eat the celery. So it might taste I mean, put it, it in there. Fiber. Yeah, but it's like I can't even digest it. It's cellulose. Then it's better just it's to have like it has to be healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Not grass. Don't <laughs> do y'all see um what's his name Hank Green on TikTok? Yeah. He's like, yeah. do not eat the grass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. I wanted to talk about this, guys. I really think that Borat is the oh perfect God. balance of okay. politics and art. Yeah, okay. Also, I, I hear, I hear <laughs> your whatever. Me, me but, but let me tell you, okay, it is the perfect balance because it basically just goes. It uses satire to its advantage, and it uses the stupidity of human beings to its advantage to prove a point. And I think that's kind of what art in politics balances out a little bit. Yeah. So art success. Like art as a satire of politics? No. No. I don't know. mean no. You like, know? Like using it, like taking it out of the context that's so like. Yeah, it's like basically just being at the, the, at the ground and kind of saying like going very foundationally and just asking people to reflect themselves as accurately as possible in a very innocent light, but then it kind of does a 180 and shows how evil people really are, you know? And 
I feel like that kind of goes back to art, which is you want to convey a message, convey a story. I feel like a lot of people, like most people, are good at heart, but a lot of people have different ideas of yeah. what it is to be good. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I am an optimist, so I believe like everyone has good inside them, like no matter how horrible they seem. But it's really just like finding the good and like you can interact with some really horrible people, like even just every day or like going on the streets or like wherever you are and like people who just really don't want to be around you or really want to like destroy you but you have to remember that's not how they started it like yeah. we all started like we as babies you know <laughs> which is like you're taught hatred it's not like intrinsic and so there's always like something you can do to work it out i think um when people are not sorry no you're fine you, you keep going when people are not exposed to different ideas they just have all this fear of like being different and then um it just becomes like hatred yeah Yeah. i was gonna say like even though some people may not be i I don't know i take a little differently to (laughs) this idea of not being born intrinsically like with hate because i think that a lot of times the way that like our world kind of functions it's conditioned itself based off of these foundational norms that are based off of hatred, based off of xenophobia. So while you yourself may not be intrinsically like hateful or whatever, you're growing up in a society that's conditioning you to kind of practice those beliefs. And you can't tell them what's right and what's wrong because it's seen as the concrete basis of how we work, when in reality it's completely irrational to think that way. But... Yeah, I love Borat. <laughs> Wait, I is that a phone gonna pick all this up? I think so, because it gives the wavelengths right nice here. So your salad <laughs> give them a nice ASMR salad. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> like the crunchy lettuce. It's no, wait. Yeah, the crunchy lettuce. Guys, sage food ASMR. <laughs> Politics. <laughs> Very nice crunch. Yeah, sponsored by sage. What so, were we talking about? Half the time it was salad. Borat. <laughs> <laughs> salad and Borat. Borat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay, this was another thing I wanted to say. I feel like art, I, in politics, it's kind of intervened with a lot of people's lives. Like, and identity. And, yeah, and identity. But I think that art can do a lot of things that, like, people can't really say. Like, I know that we have, like, our First Amendment rights, and I know that we can, like, actually speak things into existence and stuff like that. And you can... I don't know, provoke commotion and stuff like that. But I feel like art gives, like, insight and perspective into things that, like, words simply cannot do. I was thinking about that yesterday when I was, like, reviewing your stuff. And I was thinking about, like, if you think, like, a century from now, if someone's, like, writing about the pandemic or something, you know, they're, they're going to read about it in the textbook <coughs> or, like, some like verbally or something. But, but if you have a piece of art that was created by someone who maybe you know, had COVID or was quarantined or made art during quarantine and like had that perspective on it. It's it, it's so much more insightful, at least in my opinion, to understand like the feeling of the time. And I think that's like one thing that I think I like about art the most is like it, it captures a moment through like emotion, a way that 
what you said, words can't really help. And also, I think it's easier for everyone to access because there are people who can't afford, like, the internet. Or, like, it's like if you were to have a video that, like, spreads this knowledge of, like, what's happening now in the pandemic, you don't get as many people to, like, actually see that. But when it comes to, like, an art piece, like, um, like a physical piece, uh, everyone can see it. Like, they have the, um, what's it called, the opportunity to um, view that. Mm-hmm. And even just, like, having, like, sketches versus photographs, like, very different mediums. But for me, I'm a little biased because I'm not a photo student. But for me, I feel like I could capture so much more, like, emotion, even just through, like, line work. If I'm, oh, yeah. like, sketching this in front of me right here versus, like, a picture. So just all these different perspectives, all the different, like, layers of emotion that people can add to the artwork that otherwise you don't get. Like, and also someone looking at one piece of artwork, it means something different to each individual person whereas people reading the same words it's telling you what to feel but the artwork it's like you decide what you feel like your your own experience dictates what you feel about it and i think just to just to preface like i feel like when we talk about art just to like clarify that we're not talking about like dropping art specifically Mm -hmm. like yeah in all mediums just to clarify and with photography you capture the authenticity of everything like you like to do print you can like make up whatever you want it to be but i just feel like you know like 200 years from now we're gonna look in our textbooks and see both mm-hmm. as really important subjects um well i feel like i don't know as much about photography but with um like draw print print like there's you have so much time spent on it so it's not just like some thing you put on snapchat or something it's yeah. like it's a process. yeah and something you put like work into so i feel like that has a layer of meaning to it yeah. and i think like like even like for our sustained investigation right now in, in art the whole objective of it is like asking a question and trying to solve the question through the process which i think a lot of artists do um like they have maybe like an emotion or something and i don't know what it means and then they make something and try to resolve it at the end which i think is has like another underlying meaning behind art is the process it's really important yeah and i think that art kind of does especially in like times like these right now where we're seeing a lot of like i don't know unrest and a lot of people who are kind of taking up to the streets i think that art captures an essence of humanity that's currently extremely lacking right now I think it captures just the raw and natural being of being human and reacting in times like these. It kind of, I think, supersedes and transcends these idea of whether it be economics or whether it be of stability and social life. It kind of transcends that and kind of shows what it really means to be human right now. And in times like these, like you can, I understand that like there is need for structure and there's need for organization but it's kind of like, where do you draw the line? Where is it where we're no longer human? We're being so, we're put into these molds that you're extrapolating us into something that's no longer what is human, you know? So I think that art kind of captures, like you said, Paige, that authenticity, while also grounding people and, you know, humanity and humankind. I'm gonna, like, go on with that, but um, I would say, like, for me personally, like, what you were saying about, like, balancing, I your personal life with um, the world around you. I feel like for me, I've kind of evolved 
at the same time, if that makes sense. So like, I've probably within the last two years have gotten pretty politically active um, as far as like my own opinions and like researching for my own. And so because of that, my art process has become a lot more in a lot more related to politics, but it's also my own personal growth as well. Yeah. So like right now or during quarantine, there's a lot of um, social unrest and that really struck with me and something that I've been pretty active in since it started, something that I've gotten more involved in. And my arts definitely reflected that, but, I, but at the same time, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm trying to make art related to politics or, or social issues. It's more so like, I think right now for me personally, it's something that I've gotten a lot more involved with. And I think inevitably, inevitably your art will reflect, will reflect that. So um, yeah, I would just say it's, yeah, I don't feel like I can control it. It's just kind of like how I'm, I'm personally becoming more involved. Yeah. I think for, oh, sorry. So I was just was going to ask, has anyone done a like artwork that's specifically politic political? I've done like I started one like in quarantine that I haven't technically finished. Um, I know you know about it a little bit, but I had like this giant canvas and I like got I really genuinely got really angry about a lot of things happening and it's kind of like a rant canvas, so it's <laughs> a lot of words and texts and paragraphs of a lot of social issues from Black Lives Matter to um, women's rights and things like that. And it's not finished because, you know, I'm still mad about a lot of things yeah. or have things to say about it. So I guess, I don't know if that counts, I guess kind of, but yeah, totally. it's kind of like a, a process at the same time of me kind of as well, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> I don't have any political pieces of art, and I almost feel guilty because right now, like, that's what I'm surrounded by is all this political mess and, you know, corruption. I, I just, I almost feel guilty about it. Like, I know that for me, like, I like to make eerie images that, you know, aren't based off of reality, but I feel like forcing myself to make those political pieces of art might not be as authentic as I right. want it to be. Yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about, like, before. Like, that's the same way I feel. Like, it is really important to me, but I don't want to force anything because I also believe if it's not what I truly, like, want to create, right. then it's not going to be as good as my other stuff. Like, I have to really, like, want to make something in order to follow through with it. And then also, like, especially with RBG's passing and, like, whether you agree with her politics or not, like, she broke so many glass ceilings for women and was, like, a role model for countless young women and girls, like, nationally and around the world. And so that really hit me hard because she seemed immortal. Like, she seemed like nothing would ever touch her. And um, especially, like, in the current political climate, I was like, what does this mean, like, for the Supreme Court? What does this mean for the next four years? What does this mean for the rest of my life? Like, how will this, like, ricochet and, like, echo and become something so much bigger than, like, what we can see right now? And so for her specifically, I was like, I really want to make something, like, honoring her or, like, like dedicated to her, but I didn't want to make something and then have it, like, fall short almost. Yeah. So it was, like, all this pressure building up, and it was like, well, what if people don't like it? What if I don't like it? What if, like, 
no one thinks it's any good. Like, it's it's really difficult to make political pieces because art, you're putting it out for everyone to see and you're saying, this is what I made. This is like a piece of me. Mm-hmm. Now you look at it and it's already hard not to let yourself feel judged by that. But then if it's something like so topical and a hero to so many people or even like painting George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, like someone who means so much to so many people, if you mess it up, it's like... It's like high standards. It's like devastating. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that really like paralyzed me from that, from making anything. For me, it just goes to show how powerful it is too. Yeah. Definitely. For me, I do a lot of, well, I'll start with this though. I really do believe in this kind of philosophy by this woman named as ironic as it is, her name is Karen Hanschuster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but she basically stated this idea that the personal is political, how a lot of our devastating issues, whether it be emotional turmoil or whether it be, you know, just conflicts within our households, it's due to a lot of, I guess, legislation that's put into place that limits us. Like a lot of people who find themselves in single parent households and who are suffering from mental health issues, their mental health wouldn't be that devastated if, you know, some laws weren't as restricting or the after effects of redlining weren't as prevalent as they are right now. And that's due to a lot of these ideas that a lot of our personal issues are due to the repercussions of these political nuances or these political legislations. (laughs) Sorry. And so that kind of intertwines into a lot of my work. I find that, you know, whether it's a piece of writing or whatever I'm sculpting, it's not so much that it's political, but it's my personal feelings, my personal perspective. And if it just so happens to kind of mimic or imitate how the current state of our world is and what it has to say about it, then it's just, you know, kind of this idea that we're really structured and ordained to like how our political structure works. So when I was doing a lot of kind of like the um, AIDS fundraiser kind of stuff last year in ceramics, I was making like a blood drop um, kind of sculpture and intertwined with it were a lot of kind of like these medical um, kind of, I guess, droplets and kind of like these, uh, what are they called? Needles. Um, (laughs) 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 And then there was also, I don't know, there's just like this idea that a lot of like uh, the way that our society works and functions is because of like the organization and structure of our government and that impacts us both like personally and in other facets of our life. It's not so much that I'm trying to gear it towards politics, but it's just my personal take, you know. And I think if everyone's, like, like I feel like most artists are that way. It's just a reflection of what they do personally. And I think if all art, or a lot of art right now, is political, I feel like that says a lot about how yeah. it's impacting people. Yeah. Because it's, it's their true voice, and it's it's how they're feeling, and, and it just shows how important it is. William, were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, a lot of my art uh, surround, is surrounded by, like, nature. And I love nature photography. And the U.S. just dropped out of the Paris Agreement recently, and that just infuriated me. And that motivates me to, like, capture what they're doing. And they're putting more fossil fuels into our environment and hurting uh, my work that will be put out in the future. Also, like, what I don't get is, like, you have all these great people, like, great... um, uh, 
Inventionists? Is that, is that the, or the Inventors? Innovators? Innovators, yeah. Innovators, okay. Like Elon Musk, like, you know, making electric cars. <laughs> <laughs> but my question is, is, like, why are we aren't investing more into, like, electric vehicles or electric, um, like, products that, like, cancel out fossil fuels than, like, keep striving after the oil that's causing, like, all this corruption in our environment? And in our, like, uh, global interactions yeah. like, <laughs> i feel like we're sacrificing <laughs> our future for today's convenience because it's like we yeah. have all of these things we could do but because it's too expensive mm-hmm. or it takes too much time people are just like nah it up. <laughs> so wait let's wow. let's um talk about ellie ellie your artwork how what started start what, can- <laughs> what drives oh you God. to create what do you like creating what are you making That's such now a Girl, question. one question at a time <laughs> all of them that's such a big question. Like I okay, so for um my applications, my entire essay is about how I've grown up in a really left brain environment. All of my family members are I mean, they're very, very like analytical people, not creative at all. Didn't know anything about art. So like when I grew up I was like like inside of me I was always like like art was always my best subject or the what I did the most, you know, my biggest hobby, but it was never something that like I knew was anything beyond like school related, if that makes sense. So I can't sit here and be like, yeah, I've been I've been creating art like my entire life because that was not my environment at all. Like I, I really wasn't introduced to it until like, honestly, like my freshman year is when I really started to like realize that it's not like school related. And so that's kind of when it's, I started to like, I quit volleyball. I was like really, really into volleyball. And I decided to quit and focus on art, and it's really just kind of gone crazy. And I've really, really fallen in love with it to the point that I, like, can't really not make art. Like, not to, like, be super, like, deep, but, like, I just just find myself always, like, conceptualizing projects and stuff whenever something happens. And, and, like, just to think that, like, it wasn't, it, like, wasn't a part of my life for so long before is, like, crazy to see how, like, important it is to me now i guess but. let's also just like as a disclaimer for the podcast like ellie has ridiculous like natural talent mm-hmm. if you're like, listening to this podcast and you don't know who ellie reed is i don't know how you found this podcast yeah. Wait, like, do, you have, do you have an instagram page yeah ellie reed art yeah, yeah. yeah. ellie reed art yeah. ellie reed art please look it up That's you so will nice. you're like you You'll will be inspired because it's not that she's just making art that's like dinky it's like incredible <laughs> i feel like everyone Thanks. who's like a junior or a senior they really that's in we look up to you ma'am yeah. Yeah. oh my god yeah, i don't know how to do compliments. compliments you. whenever i'm <laughs> in charcoal i'm like but like, like, you said, like you're so right in all that like whenever like you're on your story you're like just me at 3 a.m making my yeah. show like, <laughs> like she is the arcade i yeah i know i sacrifice a lot of sleep <laughs> to like do projects but I don't really think about it that much because it feels like yeah I have to finish it I get that so, how do you I think that like growing through that like coming of age kind of I guess perspective how have you kind of dealt with that journey being in the kind of community area that you are you know being in the ESJ community have you seen it like, hinder or help you more so I don't know <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so before I came, I came to Episcopal um, my sophomore year, and before then I went to a really small, um, 
Christian school. Like when I say like a bubble, like I really, really mean a bubble. And I was absolutely terrified to go to a school. Like straight up terrified. Well, any school in general. Like you remember when you and I went to Good Dose? Yes. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> okay, we'll get into that. Yeah. But <laughs> I. Yeah, I was so scared to come out. And I like I'm an introvert and I'm a shy person yeah. in general. So like in general, that was a really big thing to do, but also I was so comfortable where I was with my friend group, with the school I was at, you know, the the things that I heard around me. It really was a bubble and so having to you know, break that and, and come to a new school or a new environment was really 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 huge and at first it was really bad. Not like not not bad it was just like it was a lot yeah. to like lot. to deal with yeah. for me personally and I know and people switch schools all the time and it's not you know the biggest deal to them but I was so safe and like so comfortable where I was that it was really scary and after that I mean now I'm completely comfortable here but that really 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 opened my eyes to just like in general kind of breaking that feeling of comfortability so like now when I feel like I'm getting really comfortable in a space, I don't really stick to it as much. I feel like I need to make sure that I keep my eyes open or something like that. Like it's really, really, really shifted the way that I like see things and my artist definitely reflected that because I, like even if it's just experimenting in art, like I get so comfortable with one thing and then I feel like it gets repetitive and it gets boring and stuff. But you know, I've been able to like try to take that and and once I start to get comfortable somewhere really try to stop and try something new and and I think like like I don't know if this I guess this counts as art but like fashion is a really big totally. deal for me oh, yeah. oh my gosh do and, not underhype <laughs> and um I'm gonna go to college for um fashion design but um I'm gonna I'm planning on doing college for fashion design and ethics and sustainability um but even that like is a brand new medium for me like recently like within the last two years I guess so like really trying to break what I'm used to and and try something new has been really really fun and yeah that's kind of what's happening right now (laughs) and even like even through fashion like there's so much depth to that and there's so much room to create and to be imaginative and stuff that I'm really excited to just keep exploring I guess and kind of getting out of that comfort zone. That concludes this episode and I also want to make note that earlier I mentioned no disrespect to Karen's which I hopeful hardly mean no disrespect to any Karens but the woman that I was referencing is actually named Carol Hanich and she is best known for her work called The Personal is Political which I heavily recommend reading into I'm very fascinated with it um anyhow I want to thank Ellie for coming on today taking time out of her day to sit down and have this conversation with us it was extremely fruitful and I hope that you all took something away from it and look into her art as well make sure that you're following us on all social media platforms to stay updated on the podcast and looking forward to updating some new podcast episodes